With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I left the city, I've been proud. Treading water that they drown. I head on a swivel. Yeah. It's only really my surroundings. Welcome to episode 20 of the Smash Accept podcast. I'm your host, Michael Royer. You can find me on Twitter at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. And joined, as always, by my co-hosts. Start here with you, John. How's your week going? And, uh, you know, are your playoff teams still alive? Well, just as a quick reminder, I'm going by playoff, John, right now. That's right. That's right. Playoff. Yeah. yeah. Playoff, John. Yeah, that's what everyone refers to me this, this week because it's all about the playoffs, man. And you know, I think we're going to get into this here with with you guys. But for me, it is is all about getting that ship. Winning championships is more important than winning trades. That's what we've been talking about on this pod, and we're going to get into it. My my advice here too is look at all of your lineups, but also look at where your opponents' lineups are stacking up. Are you the favorite? Are you the underdog? If you're the dog, you're probably going to look at playing some of those upside players, the guys that can hit the big plays. If you're the fave, you're going with those consistent high floor guys. So analyze all the matchups, leave it all on the field, baby. And and then have fun with it. You know, I, I found myself like already sweating some of my matchups during week 15. I'm like sweating it out already, looking at everything, but don't just, re, just remember to have some fun. And, uh, you know, you got this far, so enjoy it. That's the hard part this time of year, right? We're watching the games and there's even a little bit more, you know, anxiety and, and excitement and just watching it. Like You're getting there and you're like, this play has to happen. That play has to happen. And, uh, you know, it's really exciting for, for my kids. I run a, a league for all my kids and my oldest won the first three years. And last year, my youngest won. Now my daughter's in the, in the championship with, or they're having a two round championship with my middle son. And they're sitting here yelling at the TV, yelling for Tyreek Hill, you know, yelling. For, and, and it was just, it was fun, right? Like that's why we did this. That's why we originally got into this. And that's something to remember. I mean, yeah, yeah there's money on the line. Yeah. There's some, you know, eternal glory if we want to say, but it's, it's supposed to be fun. So if you're not enjoying it, you know, let it be, let it change it up a little bit, you know, think of your perspective on things because you can't help but be passionate about fantasy football, right? A little money ball. And joining us as always, you know, Mung, how are things going with you? How are your playoff teams looking? And, you know, what's going on with you this week? Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, as always, you can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung. That's M-E-N-G. And uh, honestly, I haven't looked too much yet at uh, week 15. I've stayed on top of the news, but I've been wrapping Christmas presents. It's uh, it's a busy time of year, not just football related. But at the same time, I'm keeping my eye on some lesser known guys. Um, I think a philosophical debate that often happens in the playoffs is the start your studs crowd versus the look at the matchups crowd. And I, I will say that it's a different situation depending on the players and depending on the matchups. No no two situations are ever the same. It's really dependent on the, the individual specifics, but I do lean the matchups 
Um, so I, I think there are some guys this week who really have very little name value, but could end up being league winners or at least get you the title game. I mean, guys like Tyron Johnson, Chad Hansen, if Brandon Cooks is out again, Jeff Wilson against the Cowboys. These are going to be some tough lineup decisions that you're going to need, be needing to make. And I was just talking to a buddy uh, yesterday that I would probably start Jeff Wilson Jr. over Ezekiel Elliott this week. Ooh, I like that. You know, it's I like it, that. It's it's tough because like for me, you know, I was like I almost lost my one matchup because I I benched Miles Sanders, you know, and and he went off. It's it's tough in those situations because you always want to play your studs, but this time of year, you got to go with the hot hand. You got to go with what's working. Um, and you said it's Christmas time, you know, and you're wrapping presents. So, you know, I got to unwrap a little bit of present here before we jumped on the air. You know, I'm checking my email and all of a sudden, you know, I, today, and this we talk about this all the time, guys. We t- say, know your league mates, go out there, use your group chat forums. And I just said, you know, with the Christian McCaffrey news, and let's start with that. I mean, Christian McCaffrey is out for this week. So if you're in week 15, you are not going to have Christian McCaffrey. If you listen to this podcast, you already have Mike Davis. You're welcome. You know, I I, I posted out there today, uh, FF Day Trader, definitely got to go out there and follow. Said, you know, what are some things you're rooting for? And this morning I said, eight of my 11 dynasty teams have Christian McCaffrey on it. So I had my fingers crossed, right? I was like, I need him. But seven out of those eight teams I have Mike Davis on, you know, and then two other ones. So I have Mike Davis everywhere. And you guys know, you know, Mike Davis went out there. He put up 29 points this past week. I mean, Mike Davis is a rock-solid RB2, and it's a great option. So with McCaffrey out, I just put in my group chat, hey, guys, you know, I, I'm shopping Christian McCaffrey. Let's see what we can do. Um, you know, thinking I was going to get some type of team wanting to rebuild that where they might have Zeke or something like that and really just try to, you know, wow me or, or do something like that. So the guy I'm playing this week, shout out to Mike, you know, a great guy, um, something in the name, but he sends me a message and he goes, Derek Henry for Christian McCaffrey. Now I have Christian McCaffrey. He's got Derek Henry. I'm the one seed, you know, he's, he's the three seed and he's basically willing to invest Derek Henry, you know, just to get Christian McCaffrey and essentially forfeit the game. You know, the, if you look at my roster, you're looking at, you know, I got Matt Ryan, I got Aaron Rodgers, I got Dalvin Cook. Um, you know, it, it's an older roster. So I'm like, I got to take this deal. I mean, it, it feels like I'm losing. But when you guys play fantasy football, there's one thing you got to keep in mind. This is what's great about sports. This is what the greatest thing about sports is. You play to win the game. Hello, you. I love it. You know, like we we it's kind of our dad joke memoirs, but you know, you guys play to win the game. I'm thinking to myself, okay, one side, I don't take this Derrick Henry deal, and he beats me, and I just flushed six hundred dollars down the drain, or do I try to win and hope Christian McCaffrey comes back next week? We're I want to talk a little bit about do we think Christian McCaffrey is coming back? And our mentality. I mean, first, let's talk about Christian McCaffrey. Do you guys believe that he does come back? I mean, we're looking at he's already been ruled out for week 15. Christian McCaffrey is not available for your lineups. Week 16 and 17, is it worth the Panthers to bring him back out? You know, is a franchise-type player to come back for two games where he, we've only had him for three games this year. Three games from Christian McCaffrey, and his value has not dr- dipped at all. You know, Saquon missed time. That value dipped hard. And I know we're talking about his second injury now, but John, you know, is Christian McCaffrey going to come back? Is that somebody we should be banking on having in our lineup for the championship if we make it there? 
Yeah, I actually am now leaning to that he does not come back. I'm just getting all the vibes that are coming out of there. They have nothing really to play for. So I don't know. It's 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 a bit of a risky move, but I'll start with number one, I don't I don't think he's actually gonna come back. Number two, I still think that despite everything, he's still the R B one in fantasy. And I do think that you will hate yourself, cry yourself to sleep if you make this trade and you do not win it. But like you said, and like I said, to open it up, winning championships is more important than winning the trades. As painful as this is to depart with the overall potential best best player in Dynasty, best running back in Dynasty, I do think you actually do it. And that's always my mentality is go for the win. It is all about the win. So, yeah, I could do it. I'd do it, man. Yeah. The, the Just that cowbell. Thing, there is no more, you know, absolute on, on any trade where we're talking about trading you know, the future for the championship. I mean, we're talking about trading the best player other than, you know, said Patrick Mahomes for, you know, a step down for, for Derek Henry. What I did was I threw it out there on Twitter. So we trust you guys. We love interacting with you guys. Uh, you know, it's over 200 votes in the first hour. And 78% of you guys said, take the title shot with Henry. You know, I put, if your opponent offered you Henry for CMC, essentially giving you the title, would you rather Christian McCaffrey or Henry and a free ride to that title game. And you guys, you know, you guys jumped out there. A um, couple names, you know, you had a couple of comments here. Uh, Strong Style Ninja put Henry over CMC all day when you're talking playoffs. Uh, at Gridiron Hub Oz put, I know you got the memes ready in case you do win this one. Uh, next one, Sean at, at Sean Rames fan says, this is the reason you win. Worry about next year, next year. And my mentality right now, and I, I did accept the trade, is that I'm going to go win it, and then I'm going to make some moves. You know, I, I feel like I have enough guys around there where I would rather win the championship than run a risk of not having Christian McCaffrey the entire year and losing out on that money where I'm going to regret it the entire year long. Mung, let, let's talk about some of the situations you're in here in week 15 or as long as this situation. You know, are you willing to move off Christian McCaffrey for a nice – payday maybe even more so than derrick henry most of the time someone's not play trading you that said player when they're playing you it's usually someone that's out of the playoffs so what would it take to get christian mccaffrey off off of you yeah i mean i think you have to take that deal because honestly i would say my spirit animal is bruce arians i completely 100 percent agree with, you know, you got to risk it for the biscuit. And we're we're in the semifinal round. Uh, you know, you got two games left to win. And what are you doing if you're looking to next year right now? Because we have no idea what's going to happen next year. We have no idea what's going to happen in 2022. I mean, going into this year, I think I've mentioned this team before, but I had a team with Saquon Barkley and George Kittle and Michael Thomas and all these guys who ended up not doing anything for me. So, you know, Christian McCaffrey is still my 101 in non-superflex dynasty formats, but at the same time, you know, you, you, you're risking a little bit of a valley loss, but you're greatly increasing those odds of a championship. I've been talking about Derrick Henry for weeks. You know, we've been talking about it on here, and this isn't the first deal I've made. I think I have a bit of a problem, but my other league, <laughs> I actually dealt Saquon for him straight, and I beat the guy by the 40-point difference that, that Henry put up. You know, and I'm like, when I did it, I looked at my roster before and I was like, man, this thing is sexy, right? But I didn't win last year. I didn't win at all because it was, I was just 
it looks sexy. Get it done. You know, if you guys got to do that deal, I, yes, you know, it, it could hurt in the future. But all of us here, we advocate making trades regularly. We're volume traders. We say, hey, go to your league every week. And this isn't no different. Right now, you should try to be making trades. If you're a playoff team, try to add that last piece. Go get that Darren Waller. Go get that Derrick Henry. Go get that Lamar Jackson. Pay up and win it and enjoy it. You know, if you're out of the playoffs, now's the time where you should be selling those pieces to try to solidify your roster. Start moving. Try to move Julio Jones. Try to move, you know, Todd Gurley, if that's even possible, you know, try to move some of those, those players before their value hits that cliff. Because once we get to the off season, you know, those values are going to drop even further. So, you know, for me, I know it doesn't feel right. You know, it's, it's kind of in between, but it ended up being a cowbell. You had to hit it. You know, I'm so proud of my girlfriend. We're here at, we're here at at target and I got to share this. So we're sitting here in line and I'm like, sharing this information. So all you guys out there, when you talk fantasy with your girlfriend or your wife, you know, they kind of look the other way. And she looks over at me and she goes, Mike, that's a smash accept. And I was like, all right, I got, I got myself a keeper. We got to, got to roll with that. Speaking of keepers. It's a proud right moment now, there. Proud what's that? Moment. It's, so that's a proud moment. It is a proud right moment, there. you know, I love it. She might be a keeper. Yeah. She, she might be, you know, and dynasty is all about those keeper leagues. I think we're playing the long haul instead of the uh, short game on that one. So we're looking right now at rookies that pay, right? I mean, this rookie class, we talked about it. You know, we've been talking about it all year where this class is phenomenal, right? And guys are just popping up and they're going to be able to win you titles where we've been saying, hold on to these guys. Don't move them. The first guy that I think everyone was really frustrated at in the beginning of the season, you know, he wasn't getting the touches is Cam Akers. Cam Akers has really come on with the usage over the last couple of weeks to a point where, you know, Sean Payton almost is like rubbing it in our faces if we traded it. Right. He just totally turned the keys over to Cam Akers, and he has not disappointed. I mean, he's been putting up 20-plus fantasy points each of the last two weeks. He looks fantastic. Um, Mung, I know you were a little higher on Akers than I was in the in the preseason format. He's the only rookie running back I do not own. You know, I have tons of Taylor, tons of Dobbin. I have Robinson on almost every single team I have. I did not get a single Cam Akers because I wasn't quite as high because I felt that the top tier of four running backs, and then I had C.D. Lamb above him all the time. So I was taking lamb above acres, unlike a lot of other people. What have you seen so far from, from acres? And are you a believer in putting him into your fantasy playoff lineup? Yeah, I think there's still a little bit of risk just because we could still see a bit of a committee, but at this point, it seems like acres has that top role solidified in Los Angeles. Uh, I mean, based on what we saw against new England, he was getting the bulk of the carries got some receiving work as well. I mean, he gets the Jets this week, Seattle next week. Both of these run defenses are vulnerable. I absolutely think you're starting him. I mean, it depends on your options, of course, but uh, it's hard to see anyone benching him unless you've got like three other top five running backs. Yeah, 29 for 171, you know, and he he put up 20 plus points without a touchdown again. I mean, he has looked fantastic on the field um, and it's, it's an offense that's, you know, kind of clicking here a little bit over the last couple of weeks. Um, John, where do you have Cam Akers relative to the other guys right now? We talked about this on before we jumped on air. These running backs are so good. It's like splitting hairs. But have you moved Cam Akers up at all? Yeah, I have a little bit. And I, I think I do have 
some Kenmaker shares, especially in any of my rebuild and um, first-year punt teams. He, I, I really liked the kid coming out of Florida State, and he just needed some time to develop in that system with McVay. He needed the touches, like you said, and he showed what he could do once he gets them. And I don't even know that he was fully healthy. So when you put all that together, he showed me what two, almost 200 yards in that game. So I've actually now moved Acres ahead of Robinson. And uh, I, I got to tell you, it's, it's really hard to rank those top seven rookie running backs. I want them all. But uh, I've, I'm, I'm kind of even debating um, Acres versus Dobbins, Acres versus CEH from what he's showing me here down the stretch. And so that's one that we'll probably keep talking about on the pod for sure. But uh, I've actually moved him ahead of some of the some other like veteran running backs as well. So uh, I think his his value is clearly on the on the rise. And what you want to look at too in dynasty is what players do you think are going to gain in value over the off season? And any of these rook like a formula for increased value in the off season is rookie running backs that get hot down the stretch. Acres, Jonathan Taylor, now Gibson, Swift. I mean, all these guys are going to be rocket ships heading into next season. Yeah, I mean, with the way guys end seasons obviously translates into the value going in, you know, and, and going into the offseason, if he has another two games here where he puts up over 100-plus yards, that value is going You know, and it's – if you believe in Acres more, I mean, I feel like we're splitting hairs. I, I mean, we talked before we jumped on here. I think Taylor and Swift are, are right up there. Edwards Hilaire's up there. Dobbins, everybody has their guy, right? So if you don't have your guy out of this group, I feel like you can move around in this tier. And if, you know, if you believe in your talent evaluation, if you believe in your guy more than another guy, make some of them moves. I mean, if you're unsure about James Robinson long-term, you know, you love what he's done for your, your dynasty team, but long-term make that trade and maybe get James Robinson a little bit for cam Akers. you know? And if you, if you believe in Clyde Edwards Hilaire and he hasn't been showing exactly what you think he's capable of, make some of those kind of moves. And I feel like that's how Dynasty's winning is done, is sometimes it doesn't have to be that monster trade where you trade down, but you can trade within a tier where you believe in a guy and get a little bit extra on top. The guy that I believed in, and he was my 101, and shame on me for, you know, dropping off a little bit, and I, I traded a few shares of Jonathan Taylor. Um, you know, I feel like I got really solid returns, but Jonathan Taylor looked fantastic this week, right? I mean, he almost single-handedly knocked me out of a couple of rounds here in the playoffs. Luckily, I was able to, you know, ward those guys off. But Jonathan Taylor looked like what we wanted all year long, right, John? I mean, he looked fantastic yeah. on Sunday. Oh, it was my favorite moment in Week 14 when he broke that 62-yard touchdown. I jumped off the couch. I'm like, yeah, let's go. <laughs> and he just – Outran everybody. I mean, frankly, you, you go back and watch the play. Huge hole that we all could have probably run through. Yep. But that's not the point. He outran everybody. He had the size and the speed. I mean, he left everybody in the dust on that play. And yeah. and then he continued, he scored again later in the game. I mean, and what the problem was for so long, right? It, was, it wasn't getting the carries. It didn't look like he had the confidence of Reich and, and the staff there. But he's got the workload now. 20 carries for 150 yards, two mm -hmm. touchdowns. Averaging seven and a half per carry, had a couple of receptions. We've shown what he can do in the air as well, and so yeah, he's showing what uh, why we hyped him. And um, oh, oh, by the way, he gets Houston this week. So yeah, this is a guy that get. It's going to be to your point, Mike. Money this week, money in the future. 
I have JT as my rookie running back one just ahead of Swift in the in my rankings right now. Yeah, and I saw in the Dynasty Trade Calculator group chat, someone was like, McCaffrey, you know, I don't have him this week. I'm going to trade him for Jonathan Taylor in the 107. You know, similar type situation we're talking about with Henry. You know, now this has potential to be an insulated trade where, you know, he can increase in value here. But, I mean, Jonathan Taylor, we talked about this one of our earlier episodes where he had the number one strength of schedule throughout. Now he gets Houston. You know, he's got a tough matchup week 16 against Pittsburgh. But Jonathan Taylor could be a guy who gets you into that championship run. Um, Mung, are you believing in Jonathan Taylor now? Are you willing to put him into that a tier above the rest of those rookies? Or are you still a Clyde Edwards Hilaire guy? I don't know that he's a tier above. I think all of these top five or six or maybe even seven running backs, I mean, we've gotten spoiled by this rookie class because yeah. I feel like all of them have exceeded expectations to a point. And, you know, you mentioned Pittsburgh in week 16, but even that's not as scary with Bud Dupree out now. They've had some injuries on defense, and you would think that they would rather see a lot of Jonathan Taylor than put out uh, Phillip Rivers against T.J. Watt there. Yeah, another rookie that really jumped off the screen, right? I mean, none of us were expecting Jalen Hurts to play like this, right? I mean, we saw, we thought we'd get some running plays. We thought we'd get some flash, but he reinvigorated that offense there for Philadelphia. You know, we saw play calling that really tailored towards what he's able to do. 117 for one or for 30, 167, but that 108 yards on the ground makes him a Konami code. I mean, he looked great. And I think the Saints defense was trying to figure out how do we stop this? You know, and his schedule is not going to get easier than the Saints, but he looked looked the part of a guy that I want to put in my dynasty lineup. You know, I have one I'm in a super duper flex. You know, it's a you can start three quarterbacks. I'm going to throw him out there this week. You know, I think he showed enough with a 25 plus point performance, especially if you're getting points per carry. Jalen Hurts looked good, and I think I'm comfortable starting him as my QB two in certain situations going into you know week 15, the semifinals. John. Yeah, I I have to say I I was shocked. I mean, shocker special that they come in and, and beat the Saints like that. And I got to thinking about it a little bit more. Yeah, for for sure. Nobody had nobody had this. I mean, I, I saw some folks that were a little more bullish on on Hertz than than I was. I'll have to admit it. Uh, I didn't expect him to go over a hundred on the ground against the Saints D. But you know, just thinking about it more, Mike and Mom, I'd love your thoughts on this too. Is I, there's just there's not a lot of film on him. They don't really know how to play him yet. They they have to respect his ground game. He's getting enough done in the air. And like I said last week, I mean, he is that gamer that it just – he looks sharper with with the uh, the offense right now than Wentz did. So I, I, I got to tell you, I, I think I'm kind of open to him, and I'm, I'm, I'm really thinking about more down the road. It looks like he really could be a big thing, in, especially in Superflex. So I'm going to continue to watch him very closely. I think he's a player I'm not going to own a lot of. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to pay up now at this point. Oh, no. Just, yeah, I'm with you on that. You know, Absolutely right. you took him in the second round of your super flex drafts, congratulations. You know, you yeah. got a great value in there. And I feel like he, he's going to, you know, perform very well early on. Um, I don't think he's a guy that long term is still a guaranteed for the answer, right? Like, everyone's out there saying, hey, my, my dad bought a bunch of Jalen Hurts rookie cards. Jared from Dynasty Refinery is like, oh, I just got a bunch of, you know, Jalen Hurts autograph cards and they're just want to believe in Philadelphia so much. 
But I don't think we can just say after one start that it's a guarantee that this guy's the the second coming. You know, I'm hearing a lot of people on Twitter saying he's just like Kyler Murray. No, Kyler Murray has a rocket arm. Jalen Hurts still struggled to make all the throws, right? And he looked great on the ground. But Mung, what did you see from watching the film here on Jalen Hurts? Yeah, I certainly uh, didn't predict the upset, but I will say I stayed away from that game uh, in all my parlays. So I I wasn't feeling great about the Saints there. And, you know, really for Hurts, as you guys said, there's a lack of film. But at the same time, we can't discount what he was able to do because this was the first game since early in the year that Philadelphia didn't allow a single sack. And a lot of that was on Hurts because he did get pressured, but he was able to escape. He was able to throw the ball away. And really, he just managed the game a lot better than Wentz has earlier this year. And, I mean, we'll see how he develops as a passer. But, you know, so much of fantasy for the quarterback position is getting those rushing yards. And then also, if you're in four-point passing touchdown leagues, those extra rushing touchdowns, those extra two points per touchdown, I mean, that's huge. So he can certainly be a difference maker. And it would not shock me if he finished next year as a top-12 fantasy quarterback. Yeah, I like that. I mean, I think when you want a quarterback, you want that rushing floor of being able to give you six points a week, you know, and he has the floor so far that easily, you know, and I feel like you throw in a couple of rushing touchdowns and he has the ability to get that done. Um, I don't think he's like a long-term quarterback for the league, you know, from my own personal viewpoints and, and the way I've seen him, but he is exciting. There's no denying that. I mean, he gave that offense around him, got a, you know, they got a shot in the arm. Miles Sanders, you know, doing a little bit more RPO. He looked great. And they, to me, though, it's the Philly play calling. They literally, they went back to the run. They went back to some simple things. And Miles Sanders looked phenomenal. Miles Sanders was someone that people wrote off for dead, and his value was dying. I mean, it was slowly leaking out. Um, is Miles Sanders someone that you you guys should be going out there and buying? I mean, it, he looked the part. He's been fantastic all year with his yards per carry. It's just been a matter of that offensive line. Yeah, for me, I'd, I want to see a little bit more of the Philly offense and, and how Sanders is going to fit in. Like you said, Mike, beyond just the, the one-week sample size here with this new offense. But you're right. I mean, Sanders definitely kind of came alive. We were all down on him from the previous couple of weeks. He wasn't getting the touches, just didn't look nearly as good. The whole offense is out of sync. But uh, yeah, I mean, he ripped off that 80-yarder. That's He's always capable of that big play. So I think for me, he's still in that conversation of, of like a low RB1, high RB2 range. And, and because his value dipped, you might still be able to get some value there or during the offseason to see if that's a, a guy you can scoop up um, for a little bit cheaper. So, yeah, I, li- I like keeping an eye on that. It, it, by the way, how about some of these Eagles receivers, right? Jalen Rager, you could probably still get him for very cheap. Ooh, you talked and, about you talked about Rager while Mung had the headphones off, man. He's gonna that was his guy. Yeah, right? just just hyping Rager here as another guy um, that to, to me his value has dipped way way more than it should have. And again, I mean, we'll have to see how this plays out, but I'm keeping my eye on that one for sure, for sure, right there. Yeah, it's some new exciting and. In, in, moments here in Philadelphia also a little exciting in Denver this week you know I mean we a lot of people in the community have really written off Drew Locke he was a very polarizing player 
He goes out 21 for 27, 280, and four passing touchdowns in another comeback win against Carolina. You know, a pretty solid Carolina def- or defense. And K.J. Hamler popped off with two long receptions, two for 86 and two touchdowns. Tim Patrick, you know, another touchdown. Jerry Judy still seems to be struggling to, you know, to get his with, with Drew Locke. A lot of people in the community are, are super low on Drew Locke. And we've had some injuries. We've had some things that really haven't gone his way. Is Drew Locke worthy of being, you know, he's not a guy I want to play going into the playoffs, but is he worthy of being your QB2 on your Superflex team? Or are we just more of a wait and see? You know, I'm hearing a lot of different polarizing things. Some people are like, I think next year he's going to make that jump that we thought he was going to be and be that post-type sleeper. Uh, Mung, have you been watching a decent amount of t- type on Drew Locke? Is he someone that you believe in? Yeah, it was pretty high uh, on Drew Locke in the offseason going into this year. Um, we have to remember, too, that one, their offensive line is really struggling this year. And two, he has missed some time. So that lack of continuity certainly doesn't help. And, uh, you know, I wish I could remember now. Uh, I would give credit where credit's due, but I think it was one of the Broncos' websites that uh, one of the writers, the quote that I liked so much was that Drew Locke has all the skills, he has the accuracy and the poise in the pocket at times. All he needs to do is stop playing hero ball. We saw in against Kansas City, you know, he went for that shot early. It got picked off, and, you know, there was no need. They were tied at that point. Um, so if he can continue to just kind of calm himself down early in the game, uh, not necessarily take those chances when he doesn't need to, then we could see him succeed. The other guy, and we'll talk a little bit there in Carolina. Obviously, we talked about Mike Davis a little bit before, but, I mean, 11 for 51 two touchdowns on the ground, five receptions, 42 yards. You know, if, if you are, if you have him on a non-playoff team cash out, you know, this is the time to to try to get what you can from Mike Davis. And if you are a playoff team and you're trying to fill in, this is the time. I mean, there is a possible, he has the ability to get you to week 16. If, you know, I believe Christian McCaffrey doesn't come back. And if he doesn't, Mike Davis is a solid option for week 16. But it's worth giving up a you know a late second to get him to get you into that title round. You know that's not the kind of capital that you're going to regret going forward. Um, another quarterback that really balled out this week. You know a lot of people have been super down on him, obviously for for several years now. But Mitch Trubisky, 267 yards, three touchdowns, and I got two or three DMs this week saying, should I start Mitch Trubisky this week? I mean, John, can you fathom a scenario where you want Trubisky out there in the playoffs? Or am I, you know, he's had several good weeks here in a row. I'm still having such a hard time, like, taking that seriously. Like, for my for my playoff teams, I'm having a hard time trusting Trubisky. But I was playing against him, actually, in a couple of leagues. And I kept, I kept looking at the stats, and I'm like, wow, he's piling it up here. I think the, the problem was the Texans truly fell apart in that game. Yes. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to completely write him off, but I think I'm going to attribute some of it to the Texans. And what, you know, I think, again, the Bears, to me, have to make some major changes to, to the staff, to the, certainly to the offense. And I think that they may actually consider some of the QBs coming out. We'll see. So I, I personally wouldn't feel good about playing him in the playoffs, but I have to say, kind of raised my eyebrows a little bit and he's he's shown me a few things there that um caught my attention i have i have to agree with that piece of it yeah i mean he's coming off you know 27 two weeks ago 18 and then 33.6 this past week 
Um, the real exciting part of that is Allen Robinson's alive again, right? Allen Robinson's someone that that you can definitely be buying where, yeah. you know, I got an offer today where someone wanted Chris Godwin and they were like, I'll give you Allen Robinson plus. And if you believe in those kind of scenarios, that's how you win a championship. Chris Godwin is a guy who, you know, has has had his ups and downs here. You know, I love Chris Godwin. We know Mung loves all them Buccaneers wide receivers. Um, but let's talk a little bit about Allen Robinson. We have a situation here where he's going to be a free agent coming up. You know, this is a guy that you can get right now, I believe, that can take you to a championship game. But he's going to get a value bump, I believe. You know, I feel like he's going to pick where he wants to go. He's going to go to a contender. And if he gets in that right situation, the skill set for Allen Robinson, he is, you know, he's a top 10 dynasty wide receiver if he was in the right situation over the last couple of years. Now he's getting a little bit older, but I feel like he gets in that situation where he gets a wide receiver one role like Stefan Diggs with a decent quarterback. And we have instant value bump here on Allen Robinson, Monk. Yeah, and I, I don't know why he's always been overvalued or, excuse me, undervalued because even with Foles and Trubisky and whoever it is throwing him the ball, you know, back in the day it was Blake Bortles. It doesn't matter because as long as he gets the targets, he's going to do the most that he can with them. Uh, for me, he's in that, you know, top 10 dynasty wide receiver range. I, I don't really see a huge difference between him and Diggs and Hopkins. And for some reason, you can get them cheaper. So if you can, I absolutely would. Yeah. yeah. Most of the, your major websites, you know, and, and I, my ranking, I had him around that 15 range. Most major websites have him 17 to 18, you know, 17, 18, 19. And he's just too good for that, right? I mean, it's the yeah, situation might not be ideal, but the guy can play. You know, we got to get him out there. Um, moving over to the Green Bay Detroit game. And I want to talk about this a little bit because John's been tooting this horn. He's been pushing Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers is a guy that's going to get you to the promised land. You know, we want to talk about trades that get that done. I got another one in my inbox right now. You know, I, we talked about this in the Joe Burrow episode. I am in the semifinals. The guy that's not in it offered me Aaron Rodgers and Mike Davis for Joe Burrow. Break it down here for me a little bit, guys. The rest of my team is super young. You know, it's that team where I I took over and it's loaded with rookies. I mean, but I'm struggling at quarterback. I have Stafford. I have Tua. Tua gets, you know, New England, which we know that is a killer for rookies. Stafford sounds like he is out. Is this a, a move that you make that you'd be comfortable with picking up Aaron Rodgers? Mung, we'll start with you first because John and I talked about the, this a little bit backstage, but – um. Would you be willing to move off Joe Burrow for Aaron Rodgers and a Mike Davis and a chance to get to the title? Yes, and I think you're losing a little value here. I would try to get a second on top or something along those lines. But, you know, at the end of the day, this comes back to that McCaffrey-Henry trade. Rodgers gets Detroit this week, Tennessee next week. Both are beautiful matchups. Um, as you said, you know, you have Stafford who may not even play. Tua could struggle against the Patriots here. And then Mike Davis has been on a tear. So, I, I mean, if you think you have a legit shot at the title, that's a move where you're going to lose a little value now, but that's a risk that I would take. Yeah, it's unfortunate. There's two guys there that I'm mixing. I'm missing Antonio Gibson this week, too. So, John, let's start with you on this. Let's talk about the trade a little bit. And then let's talk about Antonio Gibson. You know, we've loved what he's done on the field mm -hmm. this year, but it sounds like he's going to be out again this week. Yeah, starting with that trade, I would do it too. And again, winning championships is more important than winning the trade. Do you win that trade? I'd say you do if you win a championship because of it. Straight up on value, Mung's right. No, you, you may have thrown a little bit away. So, 
right there it is accepted nice live except on live air accepted. Get i wanted to smash it but like i, I, I would have like liked I, to I see more smash you don't want to break the laptop yeah. you know smashing it no, so you, hard you, you, we'll, we'll work on that but yeah, yeah i i do love it because um of your roster construction i think that number one i think stafford is out i mean if he's playing he he with the, the rib situation it's not going to be pretty so Stafford's probably out. Tua has a really bad matchup this week. In fact, I, I am sitting Tua, if I can, against New England. Belichick, I think, is going to scheme something and has had a lot of success versus rookie quarterback. So here you are in the playoffs. You just gave yourself perhaps the, the – I don't think this is hyperbole – might be the best quarterback for the playoff stretch here. I mean, you look at Mahomes, maybe you could argue Mahomes would be better. He's got Atlanta in Week 16. But I love – what Rodgers is doing. I'm hoping to ride Rodgers to a championship um, in, in my, my home dynasty league that I'm, I'm most excited about. And so I, I think you make the move, you know, cash in the chips, leave it's it all done. on the field. So yeah, it, done. That, that's, that's, a, that's, a you know, now I feel a little bit better. Rodgers and Tua and his quarterbacks are actually, believe yeah. it or not, he is in the semifinals with Trubisky and Baker, you know, so I feel like I should be able to get an advantage there and work that out. Um, if yeah, I can, I, uh, if I can be selfish here for just a moment uh, and yeah. get your guys' advice, um, which I don't for. often ask for, but uh, I trust your guys' opinion. In a one quarterback league, I've got Rodgers against, um, oh man, who is it? Uh, Carolina this week, right? Uh, and then I also have the option of Kyler Murray against the Eagles. You sticking with your boy Rodgers, John? I would. I would play Rodgers versus Carolina there. Uh, and I've, I've been actually, of course, doing all the analysis, looking at um, a lot of other rankings as well, and pretty consistently I've seen Rodgers over Murray. And uh, Carolina defense is allowing um, – they're 29th in terms of quarterback fantasy points allowed. Um, Murray's got Philly, who's more middle-of-the-road, middle, middle of the road, kind of um, mid-tier 14th overall. So – yeah, I would I would run with uh, Mr. Rogers. I mean, four I touchdowns, no picks to Drew Locke, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you're not, if yeah, you're not hard to argue with that. Exactly. Yep. Yeah, I have him as Big a top go. three play this week. Him and him, Mahomes and Lamar Jackson. I mean, Lamar Jackson gets Jacksonville here. Um, Kyler gets Philadelphia. The defense has looked a little bit better over the last couple of weeks, and they're you know twentieth most when it comes to giving points to the quarterback, let's talk about Lamar Jackson a little bit. You know, we've been talking about trading for him because his schedule is really juicy. You know, he, uh, nice. he had a nice. <laughs> <Pun> <laughs> <intended>. <laughs> a little bit. Of, you know, I think OBJ was messaging. Him that was he's, like, or not. Yeah. he's like, how was the bathroom break there? You know, get it all out. Uh, but Lamar, you know, Lamar Jackson, if you guys didn't know, kind of pulled a little bit, Paul Pierce here went for a little bathroom break, but he, dominated and I went to bed at halftime thinking that that game was just boring and like many people turned it back on and saw the final score was in the 40s Lamar Jackson was running all over the place I mean he had two rushing touchdowns when he had three completions he was not you know getting things done through the air but he started running again J.K. Dobbins looked good and that Ravens offense started to click a little bit and on the flip side Baker Mayfield looked good I mean Baker Mayfield threw what four touchdowns again he has looked pretty solid over the last three weeks. Who are you guys, you know, out of those two, break it down a little bit from what you saw out of the game. We were really down on Baker Mayfield because he had three games there where he was sub 10, you know, which is brutal from your super flex position. 
but there was some weather involved in those games and Baker has looked solid over the last three weeks. Um, John, talk to me about either of these quarterbacks and, you know, what you're willing to, are those guys you're trying to pick up for this title run? I'm going to say yes on Lamar Jackson and no on Baker Mayfield. Lamar is definitely going to flush the competition here against Jacksonville this <laughs> week. <laughs> Sorry, I couldn't resist. You know, it's part it's part of our stick here. Uh, both Dynasty dads got got to get the dad jokes in. But um, yeah, in all Lamar, seriousness, he's always good with the runs. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's not necessarily. Yeah, oh, yeah I, he definitely had now. the runs and is good with the runs <laughs> on this past week. But that was quite the moment, wasn't it? You know. Superman moment comes in on fourth down play, throws a touchdown. But that's right up there in terms of like moments in the NFL season. I think we're all going to remember. Uh, but yeah, he's got Jacksonville. I think it does get a little bit tougher for him against the Giants in Week yeah. 16. Uh, Baker, I, I do agree. I was probably a little bit hard on him. Most of us were a little bit down on him. That the weather games. Uh, I mean, the Browns have looked really good, but I do think that they really want to run the ball first. And Baker's still looks erratic at times. That turned into a shootout for whatever reason against Baltimore and field conditions and everything else. Um, and, you know, I, I'm just not quite as high on, on Baker Mayfield. He does have the Giants this week, who, like I said, are a little bit tougher on D. Uh, but if I will say this. If you can somehow get to the championship game and you have Baker, you could pick him up cheap. He does have the Jets. So do I, do I even need to tell you why that would be a nice little matchup for him? Not at all. Moving over to Tennessee, Jacksonville. I mean, we've been talking about Derrick Henry nonstop, but 26 for 215 and two touchdowns. Uh, you know, he's one of only, I believe, six running backs in history to have two 200-yard games, you know, in, in the same season. The guy has just been a stud. And he's someone that I believe we've been talking about that's going to win you guys championships. If you can go do it, do it. Um want to hit on A.J. Brown. You know, I, I know, John, last week you say, hey, where's he been? A.J. Brown bounced back seven for 112 and another and a touchdown. And with Jonu Smith, just like Mung said, Jonu Smith came back and Corey Davis kind of took a back seat. Um, I feel like, you know, Corey Davis has had a great story this year, but that's something definitely worth monitoring there. Um, you know, A.J. Brown looked healthy again, and that's someone that you got to – He's he had a couple of injuries there. Even in the game he came out, but – he looked good. Yeah, and I, I I think that that catch, that one-handed catch that he had in the flea flicker is probably like a top 10 catch on the season. If he didn't see that, go back and watch. The kid has just incredible skills. Yeah. And on the on the other side of the ball, Jacksonville, you know, Gardner Minshew comes back in, um, you know, 178 yards and a touchdown. People are asking me, hey, Dad, you know, James Robinson struggled, right? James Robinson was, you know, 12 for 67, but he had a 60-yard touchdown called back you know I think James Robinson's that kid you keep rolling with him I don't see any scenario where unless you are absolutely loaded at the running back position that you move off of James Robinson he's been trustworthy all year long you know keep rolling him out there um, I have one league I might actually have to start Gardner Minshew this week my, you know my choices are I give up a 21 first to get Jared Goff or Kirk Cousins or I roll out there with Gardner Minshew uh, you know it, wow. it's a scary situation when you get into week 15 and we love Minshew preseason, but now it's 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 a little dicey. The Chiefs versus the Dolphins. Now, this game was the one that I watched with my kids. They were going nuts. Tua looked great, you know, and my, he, Mike Gusecki 
really the guy that I was, you know, he was my, my darling of the tight ends there where I was all about him. And he moved way up, you know, he moved up the charts there as far as where he ranks in the, in the tight ends for the season play. This was a fun game to watch. Did either of you guys get a chance to, I mean, just enjoy all the offense? Yeah, and I think there's a lot of fantasy-relevant stuff to be mined from what happened in this game, too, because a lot of injuries happened for the Dolphins here. Um, you know, they lost Gesicki to a shoulder dislocation. He's going to be out for at least a few weeks. Um, they lost Jakeem Grant to a hamstring injury, and we don't know yet if Devontae Parker is going to play. I saw he had a leg injury of some sort. I don't know the details on it, but, I mean – depending on how deep your leagues get, you know, guys like Adam Shaheen and Durham Smythe filling in a tight end. I mean, the Patriots are tough on them, but if you need a warm body to fill in, they're there for you. And then Lynn Bowden's interesting too. I mean, the Raiders gave up on him very early after what a month or two after drafting him this off season. And, you know, with Grant out and possibly Parker as well. I mean, again, it's a tough matchup against that new England secondary, but he could see double digit targets here. Yeah, and he's he's available mm-hmm. in in some of my leagues. You know, he's he's kind of been out of out of sight, out of mind. And you know, they they were thinking the Raiders cut him. You know, after taking him, I believe in the third round. You know, there must be a problem there. But you know, he looked he led the team in targets. He looked good. Um, on the other side of the ball, John, is there a better tight end than Travis Kelsey? You know, we just got to throw that in there every single week. I, I've yeah. tried. Right now, there's a guy texting yeah, yeah. me, and he said, and this he is not. He just got ousted from the playoffs. He said, there is a Travis Kelsey sweepstakes all in. What are you guys willing to give? Get in there, Mike. Get in there. I have Tanyan. I have um, Ebron. And I have Waller. You know, so I'm like, do I try to move up from Waller or do I try to really package up those other guys and start throwing some picks in there? Travis Kelsey is the Derrick Henry of the tight end. He's the guy that's going to win you that title. Go get him. Yeah, I think you could almost argue that Travis Kelsey is the 2020 fantasy MVP. Yeah. I, he really he's been such a huge positional advantage, and we talked quite a bit about him. So I'll try not to hype him that much more. But I, you know, looking down the stretch here, I love all my team's chances when I have Travis Kelsey, and I have one team where I have Kelsey and Waller, and it's such a huge advantage every week. I'm just loving that whole setup. Um, so. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to, to watching Kelsey down the stretch and hopefully leading me to a couple of championships. But I have to come back to Tua. I mean, Mike, you and I were hyping him. We're talking Tua time. This was really for me where he showed us what his full capabilities are, where he really started to air it out a lot more. He was that gamer, showed the poise, making plays happen with very limited weapons. I mean, down to like wide receiver four and five and, and still nearly led a full comeback against arguably the best team in the NFL. So that's the two that we believe in. And wow, I mean, I have a lot of shares, but I'm looking to potentially get even more. Imagine what happens when they add a wide receiver and, uh, you know, on day one of the draft and give him some other weapons, give him a little more time in the system, off season OTAs. This could be fun, Mike. I know we've talked about how the, uh, the Dolphins, they've played their dynasty team, right? You know, that they've, they didn't add the running back and they, they've added on the O-line, the D-line, the defense looks pretty solid, you know, and we've talked about that a, a little bit in between there. Add in one of these wide receivers, maybe two of these wide receivers from another great class and two his value is just going to continue to rise. We talked about not necessarily what if, uh... starting him this week against New England. 
Speaking of New England, let's talk about their former quarterback, Tom Brady. You know, I saw Mung, you had it on uh, a Twitter. You're like, I believe it early part of the game. Tom Brady just was not showing up. Finished the game. I traded a 2021 first in our two quarterback or our double copy Dynasty Refinery Listener League two. end up being the 108 to get Tom Brady because we talked about really trying to trade that late first to get Tom Brady because of schedule. I mean, Minnesota was very very appealing matchup. He gets Atlanta this week, another great matchup. Um, talk to me a little bit about Tom Brady and you know, where, where do we go with the wide receivers here? I mean, Chris Godwin, I am the biggest Chris Godwin fan there is, you know, Mike Evans as well, but do we, do we comfortably roll them out here into the playoffs? Is it a scenario where I'm not comfortable with Chris Godwin and that hurts me because the talent is there. Yes. He's coming off the, you know, the, the broken finger, but Help me out here with the Bucks. You know, you're a resident guy here. Are you rolling them all out? Um, yeah, I am. But one real quick note, uh, you guys are super high on Tua, and it's not impossible that we see him reunited with Devontae Smith next year. I know. That would, be, uh, or, that would be something really Jaylen fun. Waddle. Yeah. Jalen Waddle, too, could, could go to Miami, um, and, and they hit some big plays together. Why not um, both? So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, get them both. Yeah, take them both. Let's do it. Yeah. Hey, uh, Tampa Bay does have Atlanta, though, right, Mung, this week? Yeah, and the other reason that I, I am bullish on both Brady and the wide receivers this week is because of that pinky injury for Ronald Jones. He had surgery earlier today, and it doesn't sound like anything major, but at the same time, it could just force them to throw a little bit more because, as we know, the Falcons are better at stopping the run than the pass. Um, you know, we know that they're going to want to try and pick at the weaknesses and Look, it's the Falcons' secondary, right? They've played better in recent weeks since they got rid of Dan Quinn, but still, it's not like they've infused that secondary with any talent. So, if we're if you're rolling out here, where do you have Chris Godwin in your weekly ranks? You know, is 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 he a wide receiver two, or should we temper it back and expect him more as a wide receiver three and hope that he comes out? I mean, we're talking three targets for 25 yards, and that's not what people are looking for in their fantasy playoffs. Yeah, I think Evans is the most secure. I've got him as a high-end wide receiver, too, for this week. And then Brown and Godwin, their target shares are a little bit riskier. So I've got them in that risk-reward wide receiver three category, not quite in that wide receiver two range. Yeah, I'm going to throw out some names here, guys, and you tell me if you would start them over Chris Godwin because I'm getting a lot of questions about Chris Godwin on Twitter. Deontay Johnson. I'd go with Godwin over... Johnson and the Dropskis right now. I would too, but it's, but it's pretty close. All right, uh, Brandon Cooks, Godwin, Godwin easily over Brandon Cooks. All right, All right. is Brandon Cooks even playing? Let's let's test it a little bit more here. All right, let's go. This is gonna sound crazy. Cole Beasley. Yeah, I think the Denver uh, pass defense is actually pretty solid. Um, in fact, they're they're near the top, and so I would give the slide edge to Godwin there. Over I would actually go Beasley. Um, All right, Denver's been good this year, but that was before AJ Boye got suspended, and then uh, mm -hmm. their their third or fourth string cornerback just got hurt last they week too, so they got no one. Yeah, so that could be an interesting one. Um, and Cole Beasley's a guy where. You could buy on the cheap as a wide receiver three. Oh, yeah. He's been rock solid. I mean, the guy Gabriel has put up he could, great he could number. Big, big week this week. 
Yeah, I mean, we're looking at 28 against San Francisco. Nine was one of his worst performances this past week. Uh, but the, he's just accumulating targets. And then the last one I want to ask is Godwin or Brandon Ayuk? Ayuk. Ayuk's a top Ayuk 10 guy win. for me. Yep. Yeah, Ayuk against Dallas with all the targets he's about to get with Devo out, with Kittle out. I, that's an easy one. Ayuk's um, a borderline I, top five guy this week. I like it. You know, Brandon Ayuk is another guy that people are talking about a lot on Twitter, and they're trying to figure out what kind of value here. I mean, we got him, if you did it right, you got him in the second round, mid even to late second round, and he has excelled this year. I mean, he looks amazing. He has done fantastic things with his playing ability, with his style, with Debo out. Is a lot of this coming on because of Kittle not being there as that primary target? Or is Brandon Ayuk the talent that good that we should still buy in, John? Yeah, he's he's talented. And I and I wasn't high enough on Ayuk. Uh so I, I don't have as many shares as I'd like, but but I would tap the brakes a bit. Okay. The the Shanahan offense absolutely likes to spread the ball around. The frankly, the, the number one target heading into next season is going to be George Kittle. And we know that they love Debo. And you know, they they will get Debo targets. So you really have to temper your expectations on IU just a bit for all those. He is not going to get the kind of targets that he did this past week, which I believe was something crazy like 16 targets, 10 receptions, something in that, that range. Yeah. That's not to me sustainable on a week to week basis, but the talent is there. He can hit the big plays. He can jump over defenders. Um, so, you know, I think it, his, his, it's basically arrow up on that guy, but just be careful. You're not overpaying for him. Yeah, I mean, we're talking about since week seven, his worst performance is 17 and a half fantasy points. I mean, that is from a rookie with, if we did not have Justin Jefferson and CD Lamb, Brandon Ayuk would be getting a lot more, you know, he would be getting a lot more play, yeah. right? And if, if we wasn't mm-hmm. in San Francisco, which is in a poor team this year, you know, he is a guy that has not hit the radar yet of what he's actually been doing. And if he ends up finishing the season the way that he has over the last couple of weeks, we have a star in the making, you know, we have a guy who's going to be a rock solid wide receiver too, that has some serious skills and he gets Dallas and Arizona over the final two weeks. So Brandon Ayuk is another guy that I definitely think is worth going out. I think Ayuk's definitely a league winner rest of the season with Samuel out, but I will say that I do think he's a sell high long-term kind of echoing what John said, you know, Kittle and Samuel are still there. And really this scenario kind of reminds me of the Travis Fulgham hype. Because midseason, Philadelphia had no one else healthy, right? And, and you know, the, the talent is nowhere near the same, right? Ayuk's clearly a much better player overall. So you're not selling, you know, for anything. But I'd let him go for a mid-first. Right on. So I got my Bills hat on today. And we talked a little bit about Josh Allen last week. I want to talk about who I think is one of the most underrated dynasty wide receivers is Stefan Diggs. I mean, Stefan Diggs tore up that really good Steelers secondary. Um, He is someone that just isn't getting enough play, I think, as well. You know, I think the talent is there. We wanted him to be an alpha. He is now. And a lot of people in the community, I don't think that value has has risen to the amount that it probably should have. Yeah, we talked about him a little bit, but I've got him, and I'm still trying to figure this out, but somewhere in that wide receiver five to eight range right now. And I think that that's 
probably a little bit higher than most have him. Yeah, most but have him in that wide receiver to, 10 to 12 range. And I feel like yeah. we're looking at a guy who is a top five wide receiver this year, and he's just mm-hmm. turned 27 years old. I mean, he is in yeah. the prime years here Special player. getting it done. Yeah, and, it, and that's Buffalo offense has turned into a pass-first offense. Josh Allen is constantly looking to digs. He gets peppered with targets. He gets looked at in the red zone. He, he looks like he can beat just about any defender. He's always open. And so – uh, that that is a player that I'm, I'm definitely going to try to see if I can't get a little bit more of um, in in the off season. So, all right, I got I got to share this. So I just got did the Aaron Rodgers deal, and the guy who okay. did the Henry deal in the other league just messaged me and he goes, "I think you're going to beat me this year. What do you give me for Henry in this matchup?" I think the, wow. the word wow. is getting out that I'm I'm just buying Derrick Henry. Buying up Henry. <laughs> buying up championships more like it. I mean, come What's on. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm buying buying championships. I, I I'll say it this: I, I there's no put, no running back I'd rather have for the fantasy football playoffs than Derrick Henry. I know, and I was I was looking at it, and out of my nine playoff shots here, he's involved in eight of them. Whether I have him or someone else has him, and I'm like, one way or another, he's either going to win it for me or he's going to win it for somebody else. Didn't mean Dang to Henry. cut you off on that one. I just got that offer, and I'm like, whoo. Um, nice. Among we know we know Diggs, and I know you're a big Diggs fan as well. Gabriel Davis has been that guy that you know we could have got third, fourth round, and of, of your rookie draft, and he's actually looked like a nice, solid wide receiver two opposite Stefan Diggs with Cole Beasley complimenting in the middle. Yeah, and I think he's uh, in that wide receiver three range. Um, like we talked about, the, the Broncos secondary is really hurting right now. Uh, I think Allen is my clear number one quarterback for this week. Um, you know, the, the ceiling is sky high in that matchup here. And it's interesting because, you know, we talked about Beasley right after the John Brown injury, and it doesn't sound like he'll be ready to come back yet. And, you know, Brown's got one more year in Buffalo, but he'll be a free agent after that. So certainly Davis has some long-term upside here. Yeah, that's that's a great one. Um, and then not all that exciting of a game, but I uh, want to talk again a little bit about, we talked about Brandon Ayuk, but Logan Thomas again looked good. I mean, Logan Thomas, we weren't quite in a spot last week, John, where you were a believer in him being a top 10 tight end. Right now, he's moved into the top six as far as fantasy points for the season. Are you starting to believe on Logan Thomas yet? Are you willing to throw him in your lineup? <laughs> yeah, I think I think he's he's uh, starting to show some consistency in that offense. Uh, I'm I'm a little concerned about what what may be happening at quarterback right now. Um, we might be looking at Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I think that the offense is going to change quite a bit next year. So I may not be quite as high, but you're right. I mean, you got to respect the consistency that that he's showing. I will come back around to the other one on that that offense that you asked me about earlier, which is Antonio Gibson. And it, frankly, it, it is kind of hard to talk about. I mean, we've, we've talked about him a lot on the pod, but I, I'm still kind of hoping and praying that he figures out uh, a way to get in my lineups this week. And uh, I really need him. So. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what you guys are hearing, but you know, it sounds like the turf yeah. toe could typically keep out two to four weeks. So I'm not, I'm kind of to the point where I'm maybe, hey, can we, can we work something out for week 16, Antonio? <laughs> Help me out here. Yeah, it, and that's one of those things where if your if your league does not have a deadline, you might be able to move around in that rookie tier. You know, move around with some of those other guys and, and try to 
test the waters and see if the guy that has Dobbins or the guy that has Swift you can play around with roster wise and maybe add a little bit or or get something in there. Um, Swift has looked good. We we could talk about these rookie running backs all day, uh, but we are about to hit that one hour mark. So why don't you guys tell everybody um, you know where they can find you guys, anything you're working on, and uh, you know what what would be the ultimate Christmas present for you this week on what player would go off. John, we'll go with you first. All right, yeah, playoff John, actually. Playoff, yeah, playoff John. Playoff yeah. John, yeah. I keep playoff. playoff? Assistant to the regional manager. I keep forgetting that. That. Yeah, you know, no, that's, that's cool. That's cool. But, yeah, playoff John, you can find me, Dynasty underscore trades on, on Twitter. And, man, we would love nothing more to, to help you out with your lineups and, and work through. You, we, I'm actually in my DMs and looking at, matchups already and, and trying to help a few folks out we're looking at trades comparing values it's so much fun uh i there's uh frankly i'm looking at so many of my matchups and i'm hoping that somehow derrick henry doesn't just go bananas if that that would be a nice christmas present because i'm facing a, him and, and, and some of my opponents oh i would really love though nothing more than see jonathan taylor go completely crazy on the Houston, Texas this week and just watch his value skyrocket and help me win some of my leagues where I'm throwing him in my lineups. I think that Jonathan Taylor is an RB1 this week. And as long as he continues to get that that workload like he has been, sky's the limit for that kid. So, you know, th- those are a couple. And I, I will also come back around uh, the one that Mung mentioned, super sneaky play. I agree, Jeff Wilson. For the Niners, especially if Mostert's out, he got the MRI today, re-aggravated the ankle injury, and I think you you could absolutely consider him as an RB two if Mostert's out in that game against Dallas. Come on, that's another one that I would definitely think about. Might even be available on some waiver wires. I did kind of a look ahead waiver wire pick him picked him up in a couple of leagues uh, last week, so I I will likely end up playing him if Mostert misses time. So anyway, reach out anytime, and we'd love to help you guys. Love it. That's great stuff from uh, Playoff John. You know, you you got a cooler nickname than me. You know, my son listened to my podcast and I, I referred to myself as Mr. By. Uh, that had a different connotation for a 13-year-old boy. You know, he kind of, uh, he let me have it on that one. But you can find me at Dynasty underscore Dad FF. Mung, any cool nicknames for you? And uh, let's, let's you know, bring it home. No, nothing crazy for me. I think Mung's pretty unique already. But, uh, you know, you guys can find me on Twitter at FFA underscore Mung, M-E-N-G. And I'll leave you guys with a real quick lightning round of some, uh, you know, lower key guys who could help you win this week if you're desperate. We've got Chase Daniel. He's facing Tennessee. I mean, their secondary has been awful. Matthew Stafford's out. He's free and on a lot of waiver wires here. Um, you know, we already talked about Jeff Wilson, so I'll skip over that one. Thanks, John. Uh, that's a great pick. I love him this week. Uh, Tyron Johnson, if Mike Williams misses this week with that back injury against that awful Raiders secondary, you know, Justin Herbert has a great deep ball. He could end up being a huge, huge producer here. And then finally, uh, you know, not a sexy name, but Jordan Reed and Ross Dwelly. There are rumblings that uh, Kyle Shanahan did not commit to Nick Mullins. So we could see some C.J. Beathard, and the last time we saw C.J. Beathard earlier this year, George Kittle got 15 targets, and Debo Samuel's out, so those tight ends could get peppered here. Great stuff as usual, Monk. And, you know, you might be down, but not out. You know, don't sell out to, you know, you, you, you might feel you don't have that opportunity, but some of those guys 
really hit late on the season. Some of those guys that you're bringing up are, are great fill-ins. So thanks again for tuning into the Smash Accept podcast. Enjoy the process. See you guys.